When reflecting back on the story, I think he's able to see God's mercy through the interaction. I didn't like yell at him. He was expecting to get yelled at by the person that works at the church because he was there drinking. He didn't get yelled at. And in fact, someone was very nice and inviting to him and invited him back to the church. And I think that's with God where we've, we've all sinned, but he's willing, he's welcoming us back with his mercy. Welcome to Stories from the Street, a podcast from St. Paul Street Evangelization, where we share stories, tips, and theology about evangelization. My name is Brian Lee. And I'm Beth Sheely. And today we'll be interviewing Griffin Rain, a former seminarian who is now doing evangelization in his parish neighborhood. Beth, we're back. Yes, we're back. That's great. I've been missing this. <laughs> I know. It has been way too long since we have done a podcast, and I'm so glad that we are bringing it back now. You know, no time like the present. That's right. That's yeah. right. Our country's opening up again, and as well as evangelization is beginning. It really never died. We did so many stories, even while the pandemic was happening, of so many team leaders who were continuing to go out. And I know we uh, had stories going out, but I feel like there's something different about this podcast now. It's like we're, it's almost like we're back to full throttle, like we're in it, like we're in it to win it in terms of evangelization. So many people have been contacting us. And one of those people is Griffin, who I'm excited to speak with today. Yeah, I agree. It's It's been wonderful. And I'm glad that we have new teams coming. And Griffin is one of the new team leaders that is coming through. So it's great. You know what, I'm going to, we're going to go ahead and bring you on Griffin. Thank you for being with us today. Thanks. Well, Griffin, I, I mentioned how it was amazing how you, you know, recently got in touch with us. You are already doing some of this incredible work of evangelization in your community in Milwaukee. And I want to talk about that, talk about those stories. But first, just so people get to know you, Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Yeah, so I um, grew up in uh, Tampa, Florida, and I uh, got involved in my faith while I was in high school. I kind of had a conversion after being raised loosely Catholic, like Christmas and Easter Catholic only, really. And then uh, my freshman year had a really great uh, theology teacher that was a priest there and encouraged me to go to confession. And I had never gone to confession before then. So that was just like a really powerful moment of like yeah, realizing God's uh, love and mercy. After that, uh, I started like coming back to the church a little bit more. Yeah, growing more in my faith through high school. And by the time it was uh, time to go to college, I was looking at pretty much all Catholic colleges. And then that brought me to Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I went to Marquette University. Then I uh, just graduated from there in 2020. Yeah, my senior year while I was at Marquette, I started getting involved in the parishes that I'm at now, uh, which are uh, right near the university, uh, not the parish right on the campus, but like uh, kind of near more like, uh, yeah, it's an inner city parish. So doing work in the neighborhood around there now. I hadn't really discerned much like about the priesthood or religious life before um, helping out there. And the priest at the parish, he invited me to uh, come with him for an anointing of the sick. Uh, And then I went to the anointing of the sick and the lady that we went, like we walked into her house and like 
her family was kind of like very like against the faith, like it seemed like. And so it was like the priest is like walking in and then there's like all these like um, family members that are just like kind of throwing like little stabs at things. And it's just- Oh my God. I'm just imagining this scene. You're like, you walk in, you have a priest and, and, and this young, you know, worker with him walk into this house. The people around are like, uh, we don't really want you here. But the person that was sick, did they ask for the priest to come? Yes. Yeah. The person that was sick was very faithful and she was at the parish for, uh, like years and she was like the confirmation sponsor of like wow. tons of kids <laughs> like and uh yeah so she was um yeah she cared about her faith a lot but her family that was there taking care of her didn't mm-hmm. just uh going into that realized how like uh yeah priests in particular are like called like with the sacraments that are at like these moments of transition in people's life anointing of the sick is at like the very end of someone's life like confession for me is so important in my life with my coming back to the faith and baptism at like the beginning like our life with christ that's so perfect the way you said that it's this transition time this supernatural event that happens with the different sacraments and to Mm -hmm. to witness that and, and be affected by it yourself like you said with your confession you could just see um the beauty of the priesthood. I could see how that would be very attractive to someone. Yeah. And so then I, uh, yeah, after that, like, uh, experience, I started discerning the priesthood more, um, and praying about it and, uh, started like praying the liturgy of the hours and, uh, yeah. And then it seemed pretty clear at that time that like I should go to the seminary and that God was calling me there. And so I spent this last year in the seminary. And I think while there, I think God was asking me to give up even more than like, so like diocesan priest would uh, be celibate, but like kind of uh, realizing possibly a call to uh, poverty as well then yeah i was doing a lot of work um the summer before the seminary doing mission work in the neighborhood around the parish even yeah despite like all covid closing things down and stuff that's what we found (laughs) so many of our teams even with the pandemic were going out and surprisingly uh not much changed even with me uh i would go to the campus of uab you know multiple times even in the height of the pandemic even before any vaccines or anything were available and just wearing a mask. They had a mandate for that on campus. So we would do that. Uh, But other than the conversation still happened, people were still willing to stop and talk to us. We're right there in the middle of campus. You know, we're still actually even giving away rosaries and medals. And so it wasn't like the pandemic, even though in my own mind, I thought it was going to be something really big that was going to prevent people from wanting to talk to me or to hear what I had to say or to have a long conversation. And I didn't find that to be the case at all. And it sounds like this is the same with you, that you were doing this even in the midst of the pandemic. And it wasn't, yeah. you know, any different than it was before this pandemic began. Is that, what you, is that correct? Yeah, I mean, I had a lot of great conversations with people. And in fact, like, I feel like a lot of uh, things with the pandemic kind of uh, made it so people wanted to talk more because they didn't have like someone to talk to a lot of the times. And so I would uh, meet a lot of people who were like, very lonely and like, 
definitely in need of someone to talk with. That's so true. Lonely. And then also what I found was um, wanting prayer. I mean, they, they were yeah. thinking bigger questions, you know, they're, they're thinking the uh, life and death issues. Um, mm-hmm. And so that, yeah, that I, I found that quite often too. It's good to be out there. It's good to be out praying and yeah. talking. With I mean, and that's so cool. I mean, just the fact that you, you not only had your own conversion, but what is it that eventually led you to saying, I not only want to, be able to work at this parish and grow my own faith, but I want to go out into the neighborhoods and start sharing the gospel with those who might not know it. Um, you know, I think a lot of it was uh, this parish. I started coming here and it's very clear like that the neighborhood around the parish, not many people go to the parish. It's not a very Catholic neighborhood. And most of the people that are at the parish will drive in from somewhere else and, and then, uh, yeah, be there on Sunday. But so it's like, yeah, it's a pretty like typical, like inner city, uh, African-American neighborhood and, uh, very poor. The Catholic church has, uh, struggled in these areas a lot where, um, there's in Milwaukee, there's been a lot of Catholic churches that have closed uh, in the inner city area on the north side of the city. And I just uh, yeah, felt very called to like reach out to the neighbors around the parish and bring them in to the church. That's a beautiful, beautiful, like vocation to the, to the poor people, not uh, vocation to those that are, in, are struggling in that, in that way. Um yeah, that that's a, that's a wonderful thing. We we had a number of teams that would do soup kitchen ministry and pray and be be there. Um, not everyone has that call, but it's certainly a, a beautiful need. I'm so glad that um, that you did that. Yeah, can you walk us through what it's like? I mean, when you just go into these neighborhoods, you go to door to door. Like, where do you meet people, and how is it that you start conversations? Yeah, I mostly go around the area of the parish, so I. Um... Most of my walking around is just in the neighborhood, like maybe like 10 blocks range from the parish. Okay. Um, there's a lot of people. It's a very densely populated area. So I oftentimes meet people at like the bus stops. There's a busy bus line that runs uh, only a block away from the parish. People love sitting out on their front porches in this neighborhood, uh, especially during the summer. And so I'll uh, just like walk up to people while they're on their front porch and like, Hey, I'm Griffin. Like I, uh, help out at the church right down the street. Just, uh, yeah, I wanted to talk, meet some of the neighbors. Like you guys go to any church or anything. And the most common answer that I get, like, do you go to any church from people in this neighborhood is, uh, well, I used to go to this one church, but now I don't and, like, I, I'm looking like, and it's like, so there's a lot of people that are really looking for a church and it's like, they grew up in like family that encouraged faith. Most of them were, uh, grew up Protestant, but they currently aren't practicing anything. And so there's this kind of like desire to like have faith, but they don't a lot of the times. And so I'm just noticing a lot of them are very open to prayer and coming to the church. And that's another thing, just like having the church open for prayer. Like I've been uh, praying the liturgy of the hours in the church every day, doing morning 
prayer and office of readings together at 630 in the morning, daytime prayer at noon and evening prayer at 5.30 p.m. Just letting people know that like they can come into the church and pray uh, these, praying the Psalms with us, or then uh, come Sunday Mass, the church has like Bible study too that they have on Saturday, and trying to connect them in with the parish. Wow, I love that inviting them to Liturgy of the Hours, you know, this beautiful prayer of the church, the Psalms, it's all scripture-based. So anyone, um, although it's formal, anyone can can jump in and and, and appreciate it. So I, I love that you did that. Um, yeah. And what I love that you said is that it's not like any, anyone's giving you pushback for like, what are you doing on my front porch talking to me? <laughs> no, yeah. Does that happen? Um, if you were in the South, right. maybe they'd be here offering you sweet tea yeah. and lemonade, probably. Sometimes there is, like, at the beginning, there's a little bit of, like, kind of, like, uneasiness about what's happening. And then I think as soon as I, like, say, like, oh, yeah, I go to the church, I help out over there, I think that kind of puts people a little bit more, like, at ease. This isn't, like, someone, <laughs> like, I, like, sometimes people are like, are you a cop or something? <laughs> like, <laughs> that really but, says something, though. That you know, there's always a little like, who are you? Are you trying to sell me something? Do I got to sign something? But as soon as you you mentioned the church, you said then it was like it put them at ease. So it says something about the what people think of the church of that particular church or the church in general that they're open to God and they're welcoming and in the in the the guardrails kind of go down. It's like oh okay, he's coming in. You know, he's coming in good faith. He's coming to help as opposed to coming to take something from yeah. you know? I just wanted to point that out because I just got interviewed yesterday and a common question I get asked by people who haven't done this ministry yet is oh I bet you get so much pushback and people are you know t- talking to you all the time about what they don't like about the church I'm like actually no <laughs> like mm-hmm. I think our approach is actually we're we're non-confrontational but we we still share the fullness of truth and love but we're not holding signs that say you're going to hell or you know, we have the truth convince me otherwise. Do you have any uh, stories that happen? Like any, any ones that come to mind of that are your favorite from going around and doing this? Yeah. So one of my favorite stories um, was last summer. I uh, love riding my bike and I was coming back from a bike ride morning and I was pulling up to the church and there were two guys that were outside sitting on the steps to the church. And I just started talking with them, just shared that I like help out at the church. They were drinking beers. And so as soon as I said that, it's like they hid them real quick because they knew they were doing something that was wrong. Like they didn't need me to tell them that it was wrong. And I didn't. Uh, but then uh, yeah, and so we just talked for a couple minutes. They uh, at the end of the conversation, he was, he said he saw God in that conversation and said that he was open to like coming back to church. Then I end up running into them later the same day and uh, they were just in the park, three guys. So there were three guys now in the park and I ran into them probably like an hour and a half before our mass for the day. I was just talking with them and yeah, we probably talked for like 30 minutes, 45 minutes or so. And then I asked them if they could uh, come to mass with me that day. Then they all kind of were like, oh, you know, I don't know. I'm, they are all three going different directions right before the mass time. 
but and then I just left with them. I told them like, oh yeah, like we have it every day at noon if you want to come, or every weekday at noon, and then on Sundays and stuff. And then I just said like, uh, if the Holy Spirit guides you, like uh, come come and pray with us at this time. And then sure thing, like that same day, like even though they all had to go somewhere else, all three of them come into the church like right at like eleven fifty eight. Um, oh my goodness. And they uh, join us for mass. That's beautiful. <laughs> That's beautiful. Maybe they didn't want each other to know, like, you know, they all yeah, split yeah. up and then came back separately or when maybe if they all came together, I don't they know. They all came together still. Oh, okay. but, uh... That's good. I love yeah. it when you said uh, that the one fellow said, I see God in this conversation. I wonder what he meant by that. Like, this is a coincidence. God must have orchestrated it. Or like, I see God. You know? Yeah. When reflecting back on the story, I think he's able to see like God's mercy through the interaction because it's like, we're all sinners. Like we all do things that are yeah sinful. He was able to see God's mercy, I think. And that like, I didn't like yell at him. Like he was expecting to get yelled at by the person that works at the church because he was there drinking. He didn't get yelled at. And in fact, like someone was very nice and inviting to him and invited him back to the church. And I think that's like with God, we're, we've, we've all sinned. That's a beautiful I, perspective. I love that because it was like 10 in the morning. Yeah, right? it was probably around 10 in the morning when I saw him and they were Yeah, drinking. so it was on the, on the steps of the church, 10 in the morning drinking. It's like, it'd be really, really easy to be judgmental and to, what are you doing here, you know, you know, or whatever. But in your little act of mercy, it just showed, you know, God's mercy working through you and he mm-hmm. recognized it. I think, I think that's a, a beautiful thing because we are, we can be quick to judge. But when we, we instead um, are merciful, it, it opens up doors a lot faster. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Were That's there any other story. stories that really struck you um, in your time doing this? I think uh, one that's been a recent story. A lot of people, uh, yeah, drinking out on their like front porch and stuff. It's in, in the inner city area here. There's definitely a lot of problems with like drugs and alcohol. So I think this story is just kind of like seeing God working through even someone that like, uh, um, there's this guy, he lives at one of the apartment buildings only two blocks away from the church. And he's like always out there just drinking a beer like all day. And I'll just stop and talk with him. I'll listen to him. He'll share stuff and um, I'll share information about the church with him. And like, I, I have these like, little sheets of paper that I uh, printed out that has all the information about the church and like when the mass times, the liturgy, the hours, Bible study stuff. And so this guy, he then shared information with like a bunch of the people from his apartment building about the church. And then one of the ladies from the uh, apartment building, she came to like the Bible study that the church offers on Saturdays and came to mass and really interested in like becoming a part of the church now. And I never talked to her until like after she already had been here because this guy that just sits out on his porch drunk all day told her about the church. And so I I just think that's like a story of uh, God's grace working even through the brokenness of people. 
and that this guy was able to share God's grace with others, even though he's yeah out there like drunk at yeah 10 in the morning. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah, I, I and... like the practical side of, of what you're doing. So um, this doesn't sound like this particular encounter wasn't like a big formal thing. Everyone's going out, going door to door. This is just you strolling the neighborhood, but you were ready with a little handout. Um, like this is when the church is open. These are the things we offer. You're well, you know, you're welcome to come having that information with you, people sometimes don't think of that, but just having it on a piece of paper to give to someone made a huge difference, mm-hmm. it sounds like. Yeah, whenever I'm uh, out biking around or whatever, I always carry a backpack that I keep a bunch of uh, pamphlets and stuff on various different things and then uh, information about the church because you never know who you're going to meet and like uh, and share with them about the church. That's perfect. That's perfect. Do you have a formal door-to-door ministry where there's like a team of people that go out or is it uh, at the parish right now? Um, Yeah. So right now I will go around with different parishioners that want to come and they'll just kind of contact me when a good time is to go out. And so there's yeah one lady that she comes every week with me. There's also, uh, yeah, so I live at the rectory of the parish, and I'm bringing a couple people in that will also be living here in the rectory as, like, full-time missionaries. And, yeah, so there's a guy, uh, he's in Oregon for the whole summer. Uh, He already had commitments and stuff, but he'll be back in September, and he'll be moving here. And then there's another guy who's, he's a parishioner, that's a young young adult at the parish too and there's another guy uh at the parish he's a parishioner and a young adult as well and he'll be moving in probably in the next month or so yeah yeah so this sounds like it's something that you're starting a community of people who want to live this missionary life with you of praying liturgy hours immersing yourself in both prayer and evangelization is that Mm -hmm. it yeah yeah it's definitely like yeah we're starting a community of missionaries that would yeah live together pray together and then go out and do mission work it's amazing together. and is uh, how do people know get to know about this how do they contact you how do they find out about it they go to yeah the parish website and then click on missionaries and then it goes to all the information about it like they can like kind of schedule a time to come and walk the streets with oh, me wow. or they could uh also yeah, like sign up to be an adoration guardian uh, or like, uh, yeah, so we're trying to like also build up the prayer life of the parish. And so uh, the goal would be like perpetual adoration at some point. We're far from that right now. It's a very small parish. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I, you got to tell me what is an adoration guardian? I've never yeah. heard that term. I love okay. it. What yeah, does it mean? So it would be someone who would... Uh, basically sign up to be uh in adoration at a specific time like for an hour time slot and they would be in adoration at that time each week um and so as we find people who uh, would sign up to be an adoration guardian then we know someone will be there in the church praying at that time and so uh we can have adoration I'd love that it's called a guardian. That's such a great term. 
Well, you're really, your parachute is doing a lot of things there. That That's it's just wonderful. Did you want to share your parish website so people could, from outside the parish, could do that? Did you? Yeah, so it's uh, St. Michael and then dash, it's like the minus sign, strose.org. So if in your search engine, you would just do St. Michael, St. Rose in Milwaukee? Yes. Yeah. And you would find it. And I'll, yeah. I'll put a link in the notes as well for the podcast. You know, I love how you have different volunteers from your um, parish that kind of sign up and you join them because it's probably pretty scary for them to go by themselves. But if they Mm -hmm. go with, you know, you, you're like a professional, right? Um, They have more courage. Tell me how their attitude changes from before they do it, whatever. Are they uh, a little bit nervous about it? Do they gain confidence as they go? Does their own faith grow? I mean, how is What's their reaction to going out on the street? Like, it's definitely not a very good neighborhood. So, like, a lot of people at the parish are kind of worried about the neighborhood. And so a lot of them at the beginning uh, will kind of want to keep to themselves more and not really do much with the neighbors. Yeah, one parishioner in particular, she's come back, like, uh, every single week. Just we'll schedule a time to go out and we'll walk around for like an hour and a half. And I've seen a lot of growth there where at first she just wanted to go and see a few of the neighbors that she's seen before that she kind of knew and introduced me to them. Um, And then now she actually wants to like walk around and like meet people in the rest of the neighborhood that she's not met before and share with them. Uh, what we're doing at the church. Yeah, a lot of times people want to start with something that they're more comfortable with, that they're more familiar with. And then uh, after like doing it a couple of times, like uh, walking around, yeah, they're much more able to uh, share the good news with others that they've never met before. That's good. That's great. I think that's true. As As you do it more, you get a little bit more familiar and you see you see the holy spirit working Mm -hmm. yeah griffin was there anything else uh as we come to the end of this podcast it's been so great being with you that you did uh just want to say to our listeners yeah i I think it's yeah so important when you're going around a ministry at a catholic parish we're very much in the neighborhood around the parish Mm -hmm. and so that does make it easy like to uh yeah share with people about like the parish and what's going on there and so even when i like uh do this in other cities and stuff like if i go back home to florida or uh like i I still like uh knowing about what parish i'm nearby so that i can give people the information like mass times Mm -hmm. confession times of the uh, nearby parish. Yeah, that's one thing that's great like about the Catholic Church. There's so many churches all over, and uh, there's always a church that you can kind of plug people into. Yes, um, it's definitely true. I, I started a team at my parish in downtown Indianapolis, and it was great to be able to hit the streets and be like, that church right there, St. John's, have you been there? Like, I've walked by there so many times, but I've never been inside. I'm like, come on, <laughs> like, let's go. It's beautiful in there. You're going to love it. I'll yeah. give you a tour or you know, uh, if they're a fallen away Catholic, just, you know, father's here in confession right now, let's go. I, and yeah. people would come and, and people would be moved. I, I, I mean, it's not our goal of salvation. It's not just about 
you know, trying to elicit an emotional response, but obviously it was just amazing to see how people would be moved by the spirit, like just the gift of their softening of heart towards God. And just, they would say how they needed this, they, you know, how difficult their life is, but really opening up what's going on when they're just immersed that we were just so blessed to have a beautiful church in an inner city and to be able to invite people into a space where they can encounter God in the midst of the busyness of life. Uh, it was so refreshing. You actually see, uh, and I think I wanted to say this earlier, that we really have good news. I mean, you have, you mentioned people are out there on their porches, you know, drinking and not that beer is bad. It was just Father's Day. And I asked my wife, I wanted to just go grab a good beer at a brewery with her. So that's what I did. And it's okay to be able to go and grab a beer. But if you, if you're out there and you're noticing you're walking and you're noticing people are probably on the front porch, just consistently uh, taking the alcohol where, you know, there's probably something going on in their life. And actually like, you know, the good news of the gospel uh, is actually something that they're, it's, it's going to be good news for them. Like they, this is their life is going to be become so much more than, you know, turning to a drink that the, the Lord Jesus can really free them uh, to be able to love, to love themselves, to, to be able to love God. And you can invite them into that relationship. And um, it's just amazing to, to really see and know that we have good news and to be able to watch God work when we're out there on the streets, inviting people into that is amazing. And so I'm so grateful to be able to bring you in, to be able to just highlight what you're doing. I hope a lot of people in Milwaukee or at your parish listen to this, either want to come join you as a fellow missionary or be able to join you on the street. And those who are in inner cities or have parish neighborhoods that will be willing to be able to get out there because this is such a beautiful ministry uh, and we'll help them get started. Just to let you know, if you do want to get started, our website is streetevangelization.com. Uh, you can click there to get involved. And if you want to just inquire, saying, I listen to your podcast, I want to be able to start, you know, a parish ministry, or I just want to go into my community and do some work of evangelization like this that really bring people back to the faith. You know, we'll partner with you and get you the training and the supplies and everything that you need to get started. Uh, so we're excited to be able to help you do that. I know I'm on a long monologue. I always ask Beth if she has any final thoughts because I feel like I hold it out on her. So Beth, did you want to say anything before we end the podcast? Oh, thank you so much, Griffin, for sharing your story, your um, beautiful boldness going out in the neighborhoods, and then bringing the parishioners along with you and helping them to learn how how to speak to people that they don't even know about God and how to invite, invite, invite. That is such a good point. Thing. So I think our listeners have a lot to learn uh, from this from your experience. So thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you. Thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for being with us, Griffin. Remember that we are St. Paul Shoot Evangelization, where we work with God for the salvation of souls through the proclamation of the gospel in the public square. God bless.